What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Lockery over Zoom video. Lockery was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and she talks about how she got into music, comes from a very artistic household. Her mom is a singer and a dancer. Her grandmother was a very, very famous dancer uh, in Trinidad. And she tells us the story of somebody actually contacting her during the pandemic to write a memoir about her grandmother. And this really sparked this deep dive into who her grandmother was. She had a bunch of conversations with her mom about it and her aunties. And it kind of became a huge influence on her debut album that is coming out in September. But she's a multi-instrumentalist, started playing piano at an early age. She was singing in the church growing up. She won a bunch of music songwriting competitions. She tells us about that. Starting off on YouTube, having some success with different songs and cover songs she released on YouTube. She also tells us about writing this new album and her most recent single, which is a song called Sun Don't Set. You can watch our interview with Lockery on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Lockery. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lockery, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, first off, uh, born and raised. Born and raised just outside of Toronto, um, a town called Oakville. This, is, this has been home my whole life. Okay. What was it like growing up in Oakville? Is it a pretty big town or not so much? <laughs> kind of somewhere in the middle. It's quiet. It's, it's suburban, um, which is, you know, I kind of being a bit of like a, I call myself an omnivert, a little introverted, a little extroverted, um, a bit of both. So I kind of like being a little bit out of, out of the scene, to be honest. Okay. And what about music? How did you get into music, musical household? Yeah. Um, my, my mom actually was a, a performer in her own right, which we can get into for sure. But as a, as a dancer predominantly, she also, um, sang and, and led worship at my local church. And so that's kind of where I saw it on display at first. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was more so on the business side of the music. He, he's from Ireland and he owned a pub and, and booked bands every night of the week. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. He understood like the business side of the music. So it, it, it's a musical family for sure. in in many ways, but um, I started taking lessons when I was around like four or five. Okay. For what piano? Yeah, I guess that's the the common way to start. Go to, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, so you started playing piano at four or five. Did you continue uh, with piano? I did. I went all the way to grade eight RCM um, and failed that exam, and oh, <laughs> never never went back to it. Um, but the classical training for sure is it set the foundation for me. I think to be able to like go to other instruments and you know, even for like the production that I do now, I'm definitely grateful to have that foundation of training. Mm-hmm. And you said your mom is a uh, musician as well, or you said dancer, but does she also perform as far as, you know, does she play an instrument or anything? She sings. She oh, sings, sings. Okay. Okay. voice. Um, so I guess it's kind of the side of the family that I get that from. 
Um, but yeah, no, she does not play instruments. I think she wishes that she could have had the opportunity to. So she would definitely take me to all my piano lessons and be like sitting in on them, trying to absorb what she could too. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And she's uh, the one that kind of puts you into to music or was that something that they just knew that you're kind of interested in? I mean, at four, I guess it's one of those things where they're like, I have a six year old. So it's like, try this and try this and kind of whatever sticks. Totally. Totally. I think it was that it was, you know, I was fortunate enough to be exposed to just many different things and, and have the ability to gravitate towards what I naturally resonated with. And for me, for sure, music was that thing. Um, I was also in like acting and performing arts classes and musical theater. So I was definitely exposed to like the performance aspect of it from very young too. But I, I honestly kind of feel like, and this is a revelation more so now in my career that, that the reason why my mom sort of put me into those lessons and and was so adamant about me sticking with it is I think, um, I don't know, maybe it was kind of like, I'm vicariously sort of living out her dream and what my right. grandma like, well, like, I was, I'm, I'm okay with it. it. It panned out, but there's, I think that that, that aspect was kind of there as well. Okay. You said your uh, album or I read your albums named after your grandmother. Was she a, a, a big musician or big into music at all? Yeah. So dedicated to, to my grandmother. Oh, dedicated. Okay. But yeah, she actually was um, a very well-known Indian dancer in Trinidad. Um, oh, cool. And kind of paved the way for for women in that art form before kind of like the Bollywood era was really. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a dancer in Trinidad, she passed that on to my mom and sort of, you know, my mom followed in her footsteps. And then my mom, I feel like passed it on to me. So there kind of is this like lineage of of that artistry being passed down, you know, on the matrilineal side. Mm-hmm. So you're a dancer as well? I can, I can catch a okay. move, but I would say it's not really like, it's not the thing. <laughs> not, not the passion? Something that I don't like to tell people, but I'm going to say it right now, is that I did Irish dancing for like 12 years, like competitive. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Is it? <laughs> it is. It kind of is. I don't know. I don't know anyone else. So what a niche uh, thing to do. Very niche river dance comes out, you know, when I'm drunk at an Irish pub. <laughs> Love it. Um, when, like, what ages was that? 12 years. That's a pretty good chunk of time. Yeah. I, I think it started when I was like five, maybe. Um, five so or you're like up until like 17. You were like through high school doing this. Going, going into high school. Yeah. I guess oh, going into high school. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm off slightly with the number of years, but, but it felt like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> what made you stop? Um, it was intense, man. It was really intense. Like that they would make us go until our legs gave out. Like the training was really intense and you can't really take that, you know, too far. I knew for sure that music is obviously the direction that I was going in and Mm-hmm. Didn't really see a place for Irish dancing in the grand scheme of things. Wasn't a big career path. Uh, not a lot of options. Just really, it's like river dance or nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, that's cool, though. Um, and with that, like, when were you writing songs? When did you start writing songs? I started writing songs. Um, I was. I feel like I was writing poetry as a child, even. But um, I start. I wrote my first song when I was twelve. Vividly, kind of remember that. Okay. What was the inspiration or what made you decide to write a song? Um, I don't, I don't know if I could even tell you it, it was called 
it's funny. It's like the song was called In Time and it was all about, you know, you'll see the bigger picture in time. It was very mature for a 12 year old to write kind of from that perspective. And I think, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess I was, it was almost like a little message to my future self. So I think it was just like an intuitive, an intuitive thing that I picked Mm up. And did you write it on piano or how did you write the song? For sure. Yeah, definitely. All of my early, early writings, you know, from a young age were definitely on piano. Okay. And then you just wrote the lyrics and melodies. And then did you continue from after, like, after you wrote that song where you're like, oh, this is something I really enjoy. Let's continue doing this. Or did you set it down for a bit? No, never set it down. It was like, once I started doing that, it, it was like, let me tell the world that this is something that I do. And I started to, um, you know, do these competitions, these songwriting contests. Um, oh, wow. In Canada and the States. And I started to win contests. So I think that there was this kind of like affirmation of like, this is something that you are, you are good at. Like, I feel like competing in that sense, um, really kind of lit a fire under me and, and just proved to me that, you know, it's, it was not just something that I love, but something that other people were also into. Yeah. Like to have that sort of validation, like, when did you enter, like, tell me about these contests. Was it something that, you know, you showed your parents the song and they're like, Whoa, you know, you have some talent here. Let's try to, (laughs) you know, put you in these songwriting contests. I haven't even, I I haven't heard of a songwriting contest really. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, well, Google search will take you far. They definitely, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I think, I mean, my mom for sure has been such a driving force behind a lot of, of, you know, my growth as an artist. And in those times, I think she, she was really on it with kind of what competitions existed, what kind of like conventions existed that I could go and gain some kind of exposure at. And also my teachers, like my music teachers were really instrumental in, you know, encouraging that kind of competitive approach. I had some very instrumental teachers that, that um, were the catalyst to that. So it started locally with just kind of like the local music school that I was at. Um, And then I started finding out that you could win money at these contests. So I was like, let's, let's get it. And I, and I kind of started to, that was like my, I guess, first sort of gig was, was prize money. Prize (laughs) money from these songwriting contests. Yeah. Wow. Were you always uh, like, did you have, I mean, you're releasing a record, but did you write for other people? I know I've seen on your Instagram, just like you have one with like BB Rex. Like, are are you also writing songs for other people or helping write with other people uh, along with your artist career? Yes. Yeah. So recent development for me was signing a publishing deal. And that was kind of a, an exciting moment for me because while I, I mean, I'm, I'm writing a lot of songs all the Mm -hmm. time. And I feel like maybe 50% of them, I feel like are for me. And then the other 50, I'm like, well, what do we, what do we do with this? Or, you know, I think when I spend time in LA or in London, um, even, even here in Toronto, but more so my collaborations happen in those two cities. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it doesn't always have to be a song for me. I think there's like a liberating aspect of making music that way, where if it's for me, I'm a little more precious about everything about it, you know, like Mm -hmm. saying or musically more meticulous there's like a more of a freedom when i feel like i'm I'm writing for someone else sure well i was just curious because if you were entering these contests as a songwriter were you also using these songs uh to to play gigs or um like did you have a set list of songs and you'd go do open mic nights or really pursue were you pursuing a career as an artist as, as a musician singer songwriter 
Yeah, definitely. I, I would say like it was it was always what I was working towards. I didn't really start playing shows um, or playing live until I guess high school age. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you've got to be a certain age to even get into these bars and, and places. Oh, so sure. Right. I did lean heavily on YouTube, though. Like, I was definitely a part of that era of YouTube covers. Oh, like covering. Okay. And posting yeah. up on YouTube. For sure. That was that was a huge kind of like door into accessing people and exposure. It, it wasn't so much playing live, but. Um, well, it's yeah. live in a sense. I mean, going on there and showing, you know people it's not like you're lip syncing to something it's like you're getting on there and playing a song and people are reacting to it or liking it or watching it or whatever exactly it's it's so funny it's like we've just as artists who have been doing this for a while the, the story is probably the same for everyone where we've just witnessed so many evolutions of what the main platform is for people to find out who you are and it's like it's a lot to have to constantly sort of keep up with. Yeah, you got to keep adapting to whatever is, uh, you know, continuing on. That was TikTok or it was YouTube years ago. I mean, it's still YouTube, still the, one of the bigger ones. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like with with YouTube, did you, was there a moment that something kind of clicked that, you know, you got a bunch of subscribers or like was what kept you going on? Like aside from winning these songwriting contests, did you have like a validating moment? Did you go to university for songwriting and then like, tell me kind of how that your journey progressed outside of, uh, I mean, well, doing the songs on YouTube and also with the songwriting contest. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's definitely always, you know, it's a, it's a competitive game. There's so many people putting up videos. There's so many people pursuing this, this career path. And, um, I think what's been affirming for me is there have always been like little moments that have been just like, affirmations that like, Hey, yeah, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're being seen, you're being heard. Um, your path is your own, you know, mm-hmm. if you start looking to the left and right of what everyone else is doing. I think that's sort of where, where the discouragement can come from. But even with putting videos up on YouTube, there would be moments where um, like contests, again, contests that I would enter through, through YouTube. Um, the first video I ever did was a submission to sing on stage with a band that I really loved. And I, I won that competition through submitting this video. So that was my first time singing on stage in, in a, an arena here in Toronto. Whoa. Who, do you mind if I ask who the band was? They're called Mariana's Trench. Um, they're, I know the name. Yeah. Big in Canada. Um, okay. We're very big at that time, especially. Um, I was a little like punk rock fan. So <laughs> that's rad. So you, you submitted for this contest, you won the contest and you got to perform. Yeah, I got to perform with them on stage when they had a show here. Um, and we've honestly stayed in touch since. It's like it, it created really cool relationships as well, I feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, I don't like to go into it too much. So I feel like it's like my past life. But then this, yeah, another cover got featured on this like Ryan Seacrest competition and that generated more exposure. So there was just always these like little moments that felt like, you know, affirmations to keep posting, to to keep sure. It- yeah, I mean, obviously, you're getting, like you said, affirmations that people are going, wow, are seeing what you're doing and, and appreciating it and supporting it. Then it's like, okay, let's keep moving forward. If you kept putting up YouTube videos and no one was paying attention, you might have been like, after a few years, like, oh, you know, maybe I should, you know, get back to to to, to the dancing thing <laughs> or, 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 or do, you know, do something else, become a vet or I don't know. I have no idea. But like, 
to get those little moments, that's I'm I'm sure huge, huge way to keep you interested in in, in going forward. Yeah, and and motivated. Um, motivated, that's a great word. And so to believe in myself to the point where I actually straight after high school um, deferred my acceptance to university indefinitely and um, just decided to pursue music full time, just really building relationships and dedicating myself, you know, fully to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And what was that like? Like, did you, was it, okay, I'm going to defer going to college or university and you're just going to keep putting songs up online or did you like, how did the, like how long down the line does the publishing deal thing land or do you get signed to a label or what's the next milestone for you? It's all, it's always been independent for me, but I, I had, um, I had management at the time Mm -hmm. and, um, was just, yeah, steadily, steadily building and putting songs out in the world, um, building, building new relationships in, in LA, also in London. Um, I, I think that, a a tipping point for me was meeting, um, my main collaborator now, his name's Adrian X based here in Toronto. And, um, he has been MD for Drake in the weekend and has toured with Nelly Furtado. Wow, huge. A lot of, a lot of amazing people who I, you know, really look up to as well. And, um, that was really a tipping, a tipping point. I feel like to this world opening up where I, I met so many new people who are really doing it. You know, I think there's like a side of the industry that gets sold to you when you're just kind of exposed to it, that kind of sells you a dream, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you eventually find out that there's, you know, a whole lot of, of work that, that goes into it, you know, and, and really carving out your own lane, your own sound, your own space. And, um, Adrian was definitely, um, a big piece of finding that, that voice for me. Um, and yeah, feeling like fresh out of high school, I had that support system, you know, where I could really pursue this career. That's amazing. And, and with that, do you start putting, once you have that kind of support system, do you put songs online? And cause I know you have one song that has some three, 4 million streams on, on your Spotify, like obviously something like that was, is another, I would imagine milestone moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been a kind of consistent flow of putting things out there again, more little affirmations that that song was featured in a romantic comedy. So it's like, you know, little moments like that for sure help, help along the way. But that was a a cool experience, you know, as a songwriter to, to write a song for a film as well Mm -hmm. and be able to like, dive into that almost like scoring kind of mentality, which is something I would love to do more of in the future as well. Oh, so you wrote that song. Uh, you were asked to write the song for the film. It wasn't one of those things that the song was already out and they said, Oh, Hey, can we use this for this piece? Yeah. It was written specifically for a certain part of the movie. Yeah. In that case it was. Um, wow. Had, that's really cool. Yeah. I had access to see the scene and I kind of knew the story and, and really just wrote something very specific for that moment. Was that difficult or just a different challenge to writing a song? I loved it because I think otherwise you don't have really parameters. You know, there's just like a limitless amount of things that you can talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. A limitless amount of directions a story can go versus when you're writing something, you know, really specific for a film or something like that. The the parameters are kind of set for you. So it really just gives you some, gives you tools to work with and, I actually think that I've applied that to to writing other songs just for myself as well as like to to get really clear on the story and the intention and what I'm trying to communicate, you know, is that's really how songs materialize now for me. Mm-hmm. 
But you, the most recent song you put out is uh, Sun Don't Set, and that's going to be on the record, right? Or the album. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it had been a couple of years between that one and the previous song that you released. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, pandemic times. What do I you was going to ask you about that. Was that kind of part of it? Did, were you like, where were you right before the pandemic hit? And how did that yeah, change I mean, your artist trajectory? For sure. I was, I was in Toronto. Um, I had this whole plan about these activations, these live spaces that I was going to create around these EPs, these elemental EPs that did come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had one event, which was beautiful, this multi-sensory experience with like visual art and scent and music and just oh, kind cool. of aspects that I envision around the music. Um, got to do one of them and then the pandemic hit and it's like, okay, recalibrate the music <laughs> still coming out, but you know, we're, we're inside. So it was a, it was a challenge. I think, like I said, as someone who's had, does have an introverted side, I, there were parts of me that did kind of love it. Like, okay, cool. There's nowhere I have to be. There's no, like we're all in this. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did definitely take a whole, a, a toll, I think on, on my mental health and, and, um, just put me in a, a position where I had to just like everybody else recalibrate, figure out how, how I wanted to represent myself and my artistry going forward. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had that time to like go back to the drawing board and actually make this record that's coming out now. This is a, an in the pandemic creation, um, like collaboration here in Toronto, but also virtual collaboration mm-hmm. that we could do. Um, but I think, yeah, certain aspects of the record came together in a way that they couldn't possibly have if we weren't in a global pandemic. So, um, you know, I think we, we, I made the most of it for sure. And, and use the time to just really go inwards and, and, you know, I was in therapy for the first time, which I feel like plays a huge part in, in the narrative of this record and this music, which is really just like about coming to terms with myself and, and finding my confidence and my voice and, and just taking up the space that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I deserve to take up. I love it. What made you decide on uh, using it or di- why, why did you dedicate it to your, to your grandmother? Not that, I mean, I would dedicate stuff to my grandfather because he's my favorite person in the world, but I was just curious, did it, was there something that caught, like, made you decide to do that? Yeah. So I, I never really knew, Uh, my grandmother very well. But over the course of the pandemic, actually, um, I was approached by um, a a writer in in Trinidad who wanted to create a memoir of her life and her impact on the art in Trinidad. Did you know that she was that impactful? I mean, you probably did just based off your mom. I knew stories and I, I had pictures, you know, I've seen pictures of her, but I honestly did not know the depths of the story. I had never seen, like I uncovered interview footage of her from these like Trinidadian archive. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So I just had, I had like, it hit me like a ton of bricks, just knowing, knowing her story and hearing her voice in a way that I never had before. And it just really put everything into perspective for me. Like my, why, like why I do this, mm-hmm. why I am the way that I am has, it just, it was completely solidified hearing her perspective and knowing her story. Um, she was a, yeah, a well-known Indian dancer in, in Trinidad and, um, had to immigrate to the States um, 
just for a, a better life to provide for her family. Specifically in this interview, she says she immigrated to New York so that she could make enough money to send my mom to India to learn how to dance for training. Wow. And then my uncle had an accident here in Canada, which brought my mom to Canada and she never got the chance to go to India, That she had to give up that dream in pursuit of immigration as well. Mm-hmm. So just sort of what I've realized is I come from this lineage of these incredibly talented, driven women who had to give up their craft and give up their dream, you know, in pursuit of, you know, responsibility and, and giving their families a, a better life. And that is not my story. You know, I have been afforded every opportunity to be here and to create and to pursue this dream with everything that I have. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like quitting is not an option. <laughs> not, <laughs> I don't have the option to wake up and be like, oh, I don't, I don't really feel like it today because of the sacrifices, you know, that mm-hmm. had been made. Um, and as long as I have that fire in me, you know, like the, the knowledge that, that, that knowledge really lit a fire under me to, to, to just pursue, you know, my truth and to, to just keep putting my voice out there in, in whatever capacity. I think um, that's, that's definitely the, the driving force behind what I do. And that's why I decided to name this, this or to dedicate this project to, to my grandmother, also to my mother, um, which is why it's called Elizabeth because um, that's the, the name that my mother gave me. And at the same time, moving forward with my artistry, I'm, I'm going by Lockery, which is a departure from, from that mm-hmm. origin. So um, yeah, it's, it's homage to where I come from and like a dedication to what's ahead. I love that. So when this person reached out to you, that must've been such a cool kind of project to do that research on your, on your family and your heritage and your grandmother. Yeah, it was amazing. The kind of conversations that I was having with like my aunties and, you know, sitting my mom down and and voice noting her, just telling the stories of what she remembers and compiling the images and articles. It's, it's, it's just such a rich, a rich lineage to, to be a part of. Yeah. Wow. Were you able to then hand this information that you were gathering off over to the person that was putting together the memoir? Yes. And yeah. did they have any of this information prior? Or was it like, okay, we need to contact uh, Lockery because she's the granddaughter. Maybe she has some information. Like, yeah. And that's just so fascinating. It, for sure. It's, it seems like he, he, was, um, he was also in the art scene at the time that my grandmother was in her prime. So he did have information to begin with. Okay. Some, like holes in the story for him. Right. But- was there stuff that he knew or learned that you were able to pass on to your, maybe your mommy or aunties or somebody that they didn't have any idea Telling or you, they know it all? Uh, no, like on both sides, there oh, were cool. <laughs> stories coming up. <laughs> like, you know, they... I think he wanted to know more about her personal life, which of course is like, he's, he's calling me to dig up the dirt, which we don't, right. you know, we don't, I'm I don't sure. but um, yeah, there was, there was just so much to uncover and to learn through that process for sure. And, and it was, I guess, surrounding the, um, the anniversary of, uh, of indentureship kind of mm-hmm. understanding too, that like my lineage is, indentured workers on on my mom's side you know my great grandmother was brought over to trinidad on a ship from india as a child pretty much Mm -hmm. to to work there in the fields and 
it's like, I just, I never had any real understanding of that prior to, to this interview, I guess. And so um, it sent me on this spiral and this vortex of research and, and deeper understanding and learning. But I think, you know, I, I also recognize the privilege that it is to know what those roots are um, because not everybody, you know, has the, the privilege of being able to trace that back generation. So um, it's definitely been a, a source of power for me. That's so cool. And then with this project, did that kind of open, you know, some of the ideas up to writing certain songs that made the record or were oh. you doing this like in, were, were they both happening kind of simultaneously? Yeah, I would say there's, there are some songs that, that um, were created years and years ago. Like even Sundown Set was a song that, that was created four years ago, maybe in LA and, and just kind of took on many reincarnations to be what it is now. Um, so there are, there are songs like that, that have had a special place in my life for years that made the cut. But mm -hmm. I would say anything that was made over the course of, of this chapter of my life that, that is on the record is definitely rooted in that kind of like generational story and narrative, even sonically, like incorporating more Indian aspects and even like Celtic melodies. Like, I think a lot of that was just coming through me subconsciously. That's cool. And you said earlier that um, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you, some of the collaborations and some things wouldn't have happened on, on the record. Like, what are some examples of that? Yeah. Um, well, I would say just sort of people being, being in town for one thing. Um, this, this upcoming single that's coming out was co-produced by a friend of mine named Jordan. And um, he's in the group Magic Jordan here in Toronto. And well, they're not here in Toronto, they're global, but he, he was here in Toronto. <laughs> but he was in Toronto and you were able to work with him due yeah. to that. Got yeah. it. So and I don't know, you know, if, if that would have happened, if, if times were different, people are mm -hmm. always on the run. So, you know, also virtual collaborations that happened and with peeps in LA and in London, um, I think people were just more available. So <laughs> we got to kind of lock them in on our schedule, which I'm grateful for. That's exciting. And the record's coming out or the album's coming out in September. Is that what I read? Correct. Awesome. Are you doing any sort of uh, tour or anything to support it? We're going to, we're going to see, we're going to see how it pans out with these live shows. Um, but definitely want to get, get the show back on the road for sure. Um, I think it'll just be kind of some core moments, some core shows in, in different cities and um, yeah, fingers crossed, keep you guys posted on, on how that kind of schedule pans out, but for sure there will be something happening, happening here in Toronto to celebrate everything coming out. That's exciting. Um, and what about, I mean, making a full album, especially nowadays, I mean, that's a pretty bold move. I, I would think, I mean, I like it cause I, I love that people do put out albums and there's something to be said about listening to a record in full and why you chose song number one and song number seven and whatever in their spots for, you know, telling the story. Uh, but, you know, everyone's just putting out a song and hoping that that one will do well and then we'll give it its moment and then wait on to do the next one. Was that ever an idea or was it when you were writing this, you knew, okay, this is going to be an album and I could care less what the norm is doing. Yeah. I was talking to a friend about this today where I feel like, <clears throat> kind of it's a blessing and a curse that sometimes when 
when I see things shifting in a certain direction, I do have a way of being like, okay, I'm going to go the other way, which <laughs> you know, is, is, it works sometimes, but you know, it's, it's hard to, to sort of, you know, break the system, but mm-hmm. um, definitely understanding that it's a, it's a singles game. It's almost like artists have to fight for the right to have a full project, mm-hmm. um, you know, but at the same time, have a lot to say. So, you know, I don't know that I can do that in the context of a song. Um, so creatively, I feel like for me, for in order for me to move on from here and evolve to the next chapter, I have to put this all in a body of work. And I do actually have faith. <laughs> I do have faith in people and their attention spans and, you know, the the desire that people do have to actually dive into something that's that's more than just like a a bite-sized piece you know Mm -hmm. i think that like i think that that there is a a side of consumers and listeners there's there's people who do care for a a deeper story and to receive a body of work that makes them feel something like i'm reliant on that i'm saying i believe that they exist because i'm really hoping they exist (laughs) i'm like I've got to find those people and they have to find me. But um, I believe that when they do, like there will just be a, a really a, a deeper understanding and connection to my artistry. Well, I love that. I think it's such a cool thing that, like you said, not a lot of people are, you're, you're going to go the other direction than what most people are doing with the singles and waiting it out and then a single. And I, I respect the album and there's something to be said, like I said earlier, about listening to an album in full and, and hearing the whole story and the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I definitely, I tried to do this thing where I listened to an album every day over the course of the pandemic. I think it maybe lasted like two weeks. I got, I got to oh, wow. follow through, but. Um, what were some of what were some of the ones that you chose and how did you decide on them? Was it just like, I love, uh, you know, this artist I'm going to put on this record. I wanted to listen to albums that I had never heard before. Oh. Um, and even just like classics that, that I feel like are referenced a lot, but I would, you know, kind of be on the outskirts of those conversations. I'd never really taken it in. Um, growing up, I wasn't really surrounded by a lot of music in pop culture just because it was more of a religious upbringing. So mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of a little behind in that regard where I, I've had to like see things out myself, but um, I listened to like Pink Floyd records and early Bjork projects. Oh, cool. Like very conceptual, like um, narratives, um, even like Jimmy Jimi Hendrix or like old school hip hop vibes, like Gangstar Records. I was oh, watching. well, Moment of Truth. That album is so awesome. Yeah, like <laughs> I love Gangstar. I Full love clip. That's on. Oh my god. Yeah, that's one of my. I love that era of hip hop. Me too. I'm such a nerd about it. Yeah, that's so cool. I want to get lost in in the vinyl section for sure of of all of that era. Um, just so much feeling and musicality, and uh-huh. um, the beats were so good. Like I, yeah, completely. And even like instrumental vibes. Like I was getting lost in a lot of Dilla projects and mm-hmm. um, literally just lying on the floor, like allowing <laughs> allowing these artists to take me from you know the beginning of their consciousness until they felt like you know, like the closing chapter. And that is something that I 
just really desire to be able to give people like what a, what a dope experience to pull people into your world for that amount of time and um you know i really value that experience so i'm like there's got to be people like me out there you know there are there <laughs> are <laughs> that there are for sure very cool well lockery thank you so much for hanging out with me today i appreciate your time you too i really appreciate it uh one more quick question do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Mm, um, nobody knows the way forward better than you do. I think there's a lot of spaces where we look for advice and we look for mentors or even yeah, people who are further ahead to tell us what the blueprint should be, but nobody's you. So we do live in a time where you get to kind of create the blueprint and be as unique as you want to be. And I think that's, um, can be a little intimidating, but it's also a, a really beautiful blessing. So it's, there's just never been a better time to be you, you know, really and truly you. 